All right, let's stand if you will. I hopefully you found Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Familiar scripture here, a familiar, a familiar story. Luke 10, 25. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, talking about the lawyer, he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and he bound up the wounds, and poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave it to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, the lawyer said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Father, we just thank you for your word. I pray right now for myself, Lord, that you would just take me and use me to, to honor you and glorify your name. Help me to speak the truth. Uh, just empty me out. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I want to be pleasing in your sight here tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> This, uh, this story of the, the Good Samaritan, which uh, if you've been a part of church very long, or especially if you grew up in church, you, you heard the, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan and the thieves that you know, beat this man up and left him for dead and how they come by and wouldn't help him, and the Samaritan did. Um, actually, Luke, the... The Gospel of Luke is the only gospel that gives us this uh, this account of the good of this story and this lawyer, and um, and also as as we and I read the, the first part of it, which I'm is, I'm really interested in the first part before he tells the story, but the fact that uh, the even this story what it, it, it's it's there because someone is basically just wanting to test Jesus. See what he's about. See, it's kind of like uh, see if he might can catch him in something or prove him wrong or or whatever. And uh, you know this lawyer, which uh, was or a scribe, whatever you may want to call him, but he was he knew the law and he knew the law well. And I'm, when I say the law, I'm speaking of the the old Jewish law from the Old Testament and the 
their, what, they, what God had given them. And, and I want to look at that tonight. And the first thing is, uh, I look at this, the first thing that I want to look at is that, uh, that you know, what Jesus has said, this man, asked, he asked this question. You know, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So, how many of y'all think that there is such a thing? That there's eternal life? How many of y'all think uh, there's life after death? Why do you, why do you think that? <laughs> I, uh, you know, the, the folks that run, uh, that fly airplanes into buildings, did you know that they believe there's life after death? They believe that. And they believe that. That there's, there's something there. A lot of people may not know exactly what it's all about or that sort of thing. But the, and, and this scripture here to me I think is so good. And this is uh, Ecclesiastes. And um, chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Talking about God. And this is the ESV account. Okay, so it's worded a little different. It says, also he has put eternity in man's heart. And I just, I really believe, I just believe that for the most part, human beings feel like that there's an eternity. There's something more than just this. And I believe God put that, placed that there. Now, just because you uh, believe that there's something more or what, does not necessarily mean that you're, you're going to uh, experience what this man's talking about, eternal life. Uh, life goes on and on and on. But where will you spend that? Where will you spend that? Will you spend it in heaven or will you spend it in hell? The Bible tells us that, you know. And so that there's a heaven, there's a hell. It says, but... He's placed eternity in the heart, uh, in, in, in men's hearts, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So I, as I read that, it's like God has placed that within a man, that, within mankind, that there's more, there's eternal, but we don't know it, we don't know it all. We don't know it all. We can't understand it all. We can't, we, we can't figure God out. We, you know, we're just not going to do it. As a matter of fact, if, if, uh, if you tell me that you think you've got your God figured out, well, I don't want him. Okay, I don't want him. Because that means he's about on your level. And that probably ain't good. Okay. There's something more. And they knew it. And um, this, this lawyer here knew it. And he's asked that question. And I think, now to me, I think it's very important for you to ask that question. And that's the reason I, that I bring this up. What, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Well, when we say that, we, we automatically we, we begin to thinking of, 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 of works and things that I can do that are good that can go on into my account that will say, you know, this guy's done enough. He, 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 can, he can have eternal life because he's done enough. And that's, that's so far from the gospel and what the Bible teaches. See, and it's, a, it's the reason that Jesus is so, so important. And this is Jesus here talking to this man. And so let's look at, as we get, got that in mind, this lawyer, I, I put this down. Uh, this lawyer probably, 
Now, I don't know. I'm just saying probably. This, pro, he, this lawyer probably believed that he possessed eternal life. He, he brings this up because, I don't know, I, in my mind, I, as I said there, he's, he's, he's part of the religious elite of the Jewish establishment there, of the religious establishment. He knows the law. He knows what's right and wrong. He probably feels pretty good about himself and what he's done and his accomplishments, that, that sort of thing. And so he brings us up about eternal life, and, uh, and he's going to play around with uh, Jesus about it and that sort of thing because he probably knows a lot of stuff that he can do and say about the, about the law. But in his mind, I'm guessing he probably feels that, you know, <laughs> if, Muffet, if anybody around here has got eternal life, I probably have. He could have he, he felt that way because of his, his, his knowledge and his association with the Jewish law. But the thing about it is here is, is that what, what Jesus has told uh, when, he, when he made the statement. Now, let me ask you this right off. Here this man asked Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Doesn't it seem kind of a little bit funny that Jesus would say, well, what does the law say? Because... The law ain't going to give you eternal life. That ain't happen. That ain't going to happen. So there's something going on here, wouldn't you think? There's something going on. And what he does, he lets the man answer. Jesus, always, he, just, he did this all the time. When they would ask him, he would ask him a question and let them lay the stuff out. Well, the guy, he knows the law. He laid it down, boom, okay, here's the correct answer to what you're saying. And when he, when he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. How many of y'all here have done that? Well, I reckon we're all in trouble, huh? Man, right? That's what the word says. And that's where the Lord told, took him there and let him lay it out. And, 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 and he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on here? What Jesus talking about? Because we know, we know, uh, we know that different. But then whenever I, ask, when I think about this, that what he has done here is, is this law has laid out the perfect, and I wrote down here, a perfect love, a perfect love for God and your fellow man. Okay? No one in here raised their hand that they had always loved God with all their heart and mind and soul and their neighbor as themselves. No, we realize now, we realize we struggle with that from time to time, huh? That we fall short of that. We fall short. And I believe this is exactly what Jesus would love for this man to, to see and know and understand is that he, don't, he doesn't measure up there. So he let him answer the question, is what the law says. But, what, but if you were not so high and mighty with who you thought you were, it might would occur to you that you ain't doing this. And that is so important. Because we're talking, we're talking about what I, what I feel like, and I, I put down here there's a, is, is, is a, uh, just a priority is eternal life and where will you spend it. That's, I don't think anything else in life matters. 
when you get to the end, if you don't have that answered, what have you got? Okay? And listen, we all know that there is an end here. We, are, we will leave. How, how that question is answered, what you think there is, is a high priority. So, as I looked at that, I, and, I, and, I, and I wrote down this here, was there some conviction here do you, with this guy, with this lawyer? Does it, does it seem like maybe he was convicted in, in, in some way? Because, I mean, he, he, he asked the question. He answers the question and lays it out, and Jesus says, you nailed it. That's it. You do that, and you'll live. I believe there was some conviction there, and I believe that's the reason he started trying to, uh, what does it say? Justify himself. Justify himself. Because it probably run through his mind, you know, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't real tops on that, but, you know, whatever. I, whatever he may have been thinking. But I believe there was probably some, some sort of a um, conviction. And, and that's why he did that. But before I leave this, and we think about this, and we're talking about eternal life, and Jesus taking him to the, the, um, the law, and the reason I, and I want to back up what I said, and, and listen to this, and I thought this was good, when I run across, it says, the Lord sent the man back to the law, not because the law saves us. Amen. You better be able to say a hearty amen there. Because I hope there ain't nobody depending on that. It's not because the law is a bad thing. It's just that the law can't save you. And we're talking eternal life. The Lord sent the man back to the law, not because the law saves us, because in Galatians 2.16, listen, it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified. See, the man's trying to justify himself. But he says, and, and Paul saying here to these Galatians, that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus Christ, not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I don't know how smart you are, but I figure most everybody in here is able to understand those last few words that I read. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And I don't know who here tonight may need to hear this, and maybe sometimes we just need to have a refresher, of course. Sometimes it just does me good just to hear it one more time and to know that I know the answer to all of this. And I know the one who is the answer to this. And, uh, but it, it goes on to say, it said that he came to the law, not because the law saves us, but because the law, here's what the law does. The law shows us that we need to be saved. That's what the law does, is it lets us see that, hey, I have a problem here. That, I believe that's what happened to this lawyer. He says, you know, I ain't just, I ain't all the way on this thing, but let me, let me come up with something here to, uh, I, you know, as a, as a good lawyer would, he come up with, well, well who, who, it's, how do you define neighbor? I mean, it's kind of like that, you know, it's what, it's, it's what do you mean by is? What does is mean to you? You know, if y'all remember that from a few years back. But it said, uh, but the, the law shows us that we need to be saved. Listen, this is good. There can be no real conversion 
without conviction. There can be no conversion without conviction. And the law is what God uses to convict the sinner. That's what the law is for. See what the law is. Why did he take him back to the law? There, we just answered the question, didn't we? Because it's the law that should convict this man that you ain't good as you think you are. And you're talking eternal life. But you, you know in your heart you didn't meet it. And now you're starting to fish back here and play around and let's, just, let's skirt the issue. No, the issue is, is that you saw it and you understood it and it pierced your heart. And that's a good thing. Because if your heart never gets pierced, you're never going to get saved. You need that conviction that says, I ain't good enough. And, they, and, and I tell you what, it, it, it's the hardest thing in the world for any of us to say, I ain't good enough. We don't like to do that. But I ain't good enough. I need a Savior. That's what, it, that's what he wants to do. He says, <clears throat> but the law in, in Romans 3.20, it says, listen to this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in my sight. Same thing that I read, basically, from Galatians. For by the law, listen, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law is what will convict you and convince you that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. There's the deal, folks. That's the reason it's so important that people understand that they are a sinner that they need a Savior. They need to get there, and then, then you can tell them the good news. I know the Savior. I know who it is. This man didn't realize, but the Savior was standing there in front of him talking to him. And he's <laughs> so eternal life, yes, high priority, but know what it's about. It's, it's, it's within man to believe that there's, there's more. But you got to know this word and what it says about it and believe it. See, there's all kind of beliefs, like I said. Those that are killing themselves in suicide attacks, they believe there's life after death. I don't want to go that route. I don't like that kind. I think the Bible is exactly right. That's the reason I praise Jesus. I glorify his name. I talk about the good news of the gospel. That's, that's what it's about. It's not me. I ain't good enough. So he's trying here to justify. He's trying to justify himself. That's the sixth thing I want to look at is that we need to be justified because we ain't right. And that's the reason I think he thought, he, he kind of realized that. But then he, he goes in there. He, uh, <clears throat> I, lo- I wrote down this about, about justify and, 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 and just, just the word justify, the definition of it, not necessarily the theological being justified in the sight of God, that type of justification, but just justify is to show or approve to be right or reasonable. And that's, and I, that, that's, I think, is what this guy was trying to do, is to show where, well, you know, whatever. I'll let you, you're going to have to answer to me about my neighbor. That, that kind of helps me out there. You know, them loopholes, if you can come up with little loopholes here to kind of free you up a little bit, that sort of thing. So he's trying to do that. But, I, but I, that's, that's just human nature, okay? And I, I wrote this, we usually go to great lengths to justify ourselves in our mistakes or misbehavior, okay? And I mean, I know we don't like to admit it, 
But if we do something wrong, we'll try, if we can, smooth it over best we can and justify why we did it so that it seems reasonable. Well, oh, well, I see why you did it, you know. Well, I'm, I'm running them down and I'm talking about them, how sorry they are because they did that to me first. I'm justifying. See, I justify, I'm, I'm trying to justify. And you can't justify. There is no justifying. There's no reason that you can give. And to, for the justification that God wants, it has to be perfect. Just like this right here. The perfect love for God and man. And you need, there's where Jesus comes in. There's where, you, there's where the debt gets too pricey. You can't pay that debt. Jesus can. Jesus did. Amen. So good. So good. So he to justify himself. And I, and, I, and, I, and I wrote this and I wrote this down. It's hard to admit that I was wrong or that I fell short or that I, you know, I come up short. I don't measure up. I hate to admit that kind of stuff, but that's what we need to do. I like this right here. It says the scribe or the lawyer here gave the right answer, but he would not apply it personally to himself and admit his own lack of love for both God and his neighbor. He didn't want to do that. Let's talk about my neighbor. So instead of being justified by throwing himself on the mercy of God, he tried to justify himself and wiggle out of the predicament. To do that, he used what they call here an old debating tactic. And it's kind of, that's kind of like you kind of get that debating feel between him and Jesus. But here was the old debating tactic. Define your terms. What do you mean by neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Sort of skirting the issue. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody about the Lord and they, 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 just, cut, they just keep headed somewhere else? They talk about something else. They'll do something else. Keep doing that sort of thing. That's what the man, that's what the man was doing here. Um, but he needed that mercy. He needed the mercy. And I opened up tonight with your grace and mercy has seen me through. It's his grace and mercy that will see me through. His grace and mercy is how I will inherit eternal life. That's the reason I worship him. That's the reason I praise him. That's the reason I'm here tonight. It's his grace and mercy. His grace and mercy. And the guy needed to see that. He had Jesus standing right there. And Jesus, and I believe Jesus took him to the law because the man needed to see that he was a sinner. And he didn't measure up. I, uh, and, and, and I want to read Luke because here's an example of the difference in this guy and the guy we read about in Luke 18. Luke 18, 9 through 13. Luke 18, 9, and it says, And he spake this parable, talking about Jesus, and he and spake this parable unto certain that trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. You understand? These are the people that feel like they're justified in their own eyes, they're righteous, and that they look down on other people. We don't, hey folks, we don't look down on anyone. Who are you? You needed a Savior. You were a sinner who needed a Savior. Hopefully you've got God's grace and mercy, and you know it, you know it real well. You understand that. 
And it'll sure help you keep from looking down on other people. Because I don't, looking down on other people don't help you at all. At all. I like it. He says, two men, he says, two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a publican or a tax collector, despised, hated person. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this old publican here. I, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm better than that. I'm better. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I do a lot of good things. A lot of good things. There's only one verse given to the publican. <clears throat> and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. The publican saw himself for who he was. He knew he needed the mercy of God. This lawyer we read about over here didn't feel like he needed it. The Pharisee we read about right here didn't seem like he needed it. The worst thing in the world you can do is feel like I'm a pretty good person and I don't really need any help. I can make it on my own. You can't. You can't. And that's the reason I thank God. That's what, I mean, the person that comes to realize and know that in their heart, Jesus becomes the prized possession. The prized possession. When you realize that, that's what makes him worth more. The, the pearl of great price. Because you see your condition. And then you see him for who he is. His name is Jesus. He's, as Ruth Graham Lott says, Jesus is my everything. He's everything. He's my everything. That's what he needed. So, the mercy. He needed to do just like this publican to himself at the mercy of God. But he, 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 he wouldn't do that. He didn't do that. So we look at the eternal life and the issue that that is and the important issue that that is. But the justification, you, you can't justify yourself. No way you look at it. You need God's mercy. You need his grace and mercy. That's the third thing I want to look at. Because... <clears throat> um, There's a lot you can do. I, I was talking with Nathaniel a while ago about this. You know, he asked me what I was doing. I was talking with him about it. But uh, talking about uh, allegory and, and using uh, parables and things to say different things and, and all. And this one is one that uh, you, you really, you really, there's, that is, has been done with this a lot. But a lot of it, and Nathaniel even said, that, you know, that it, 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 it's true. I mean, it, it's true that this is such a picture. This is a picture. This good Samaritan, that we know him as the good Samaritan, the Samaritan, that is a picture of Jesus Christ. And here's what you need to see. 
Here's what you need to see in this story. Is that it's not so much about me being a good Samaritan. It's about like this lawyer needed to do. I need to see myself as what? The man laying in the ditch half dead. That's where you see. That's what. That, there's the picture here. That nobody wants anything to do with. You know, I talked about. Even said, and they left him for half dead. You know, they even talk about the as a we're 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 alive physically and dead spiritually, type thing. Yes, we are. And that not only that, that Jesus paid. Jesus paid it all. This man could do nothing for himself. He was nearly dead. Jesus gave him everything he needed. Healed his wounds took care of him, carried him someplace. I mean, they even talking about carried him to, I mean, everything he had, a, he said, he, he took him to the, the innkeeper, and it's like the, the innkeeper was like the church, you know, you, you, Jesus saves a, a person, takes him up, and places him to be cared for, that sort of thing. But Jesus is here and is saying, whatever, I, I, he paid everything, and if there's anything left to pay, whatever needs to be paid, I pay it. Because Jesus pays it all. It's all about him. That's what he's done. He's the, he is that good Samaritan. That's what this, that's what this lawyer needed to see. <laughs> I don't know what he saw out of it, I don't know. But he 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 answers he answers correctly when he's asked stuff. But the, see the, here's the deal. The the real the real good Samaritan was standing in front of him, talking with him. That's what he needed to see. He needed to see in this story, he was the man in the ditch. And that Jesus was the man that would take care of everything that he needed. He, the grace and mercy that would be shown that this Samaritan had shown to this guy that had been beaten up. So, it, it, it may, I mean, it's really, really good. But, but the thing is, is that we, we serve, I serve, I believe the God of the Bible. I believe he is a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. Okay? He's also a God of judgment. We know that. And the, and the Bible says judgment will come. It is going to come. There is a day of judgment. He's going to make all things new. He's going to make all things right. Those, it's coming. But he is a God of mercy. And he proved that through Jesus Christ. He proved that. And that, and, and that is what is just grab a hold of. Is God is a merciful God that has provided for every one of us a Savior. Because we are all sinners. And we all need a Savior. His name is Jesus. He paid the price on the cross. He shed innocent blood that took away my sin. Didn't have to take away his sin because he was sinless. It took away my sin. There's no other way to get rid of the sin. The law lets you know that you are a sinner. Thank God. It lets me know that I am a sinner. Therefore, I do know I need a Savior. And Jesus is the only answer that I know of. Now, if we look at that, about this, this mercy I'm going to read some scriptures, which I'm about the God's mercy. And it should encourage us that know him. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, but, but God, who is rich in what? Mercy. Does everybody in here have that? Do you have God's mercy on you in your life? You know that. His grace. You have received the mercy that he has poured and shown to the sinner. 
through Jesus Christ. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, <laughs> he loved us so much he showed us this, this rich mercy. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. That's what the mercy of God can do for you through Jesus Christ. This lawyer was talking to that man, that Jesus Christ, that would pay that price. And Jesus carries him to the law to show him and let him see, you know you don't measure up. But there's mercy. There's mercy. What was the last thing here? When Jesus asked him, verse 36, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor to him that fell upon the thieves? Out of the three, two of them walked by. Jewish people. The hated Samaritan one that waited on. Here's his answer. And he said, here's what the Lord said. He that what? Showed mercy. Mercy on him. That's what the lawyer's needing to see and hear. You need mercy. You're the man in the ditch. And I'm the God of mercy. Wow. If you're here tonight, if you never understood it, see what, man, tonight's your night. You can, get, you can make it right. It's Jesus by faith. God, ooh, it's good. In, in, in Titus, look at Titus uh, chapter 3, uh, 5 and 7. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Sounds like, a, sounds like you better have mercy in your hip pocket. You better know the mercy of this God. But according to his mercy, he what? Saved us. The sinner has been saved by, according to the mercy of God. Not, 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 or not works of righteousness. Can you see that? This lawyer, this well-established lawyer, well-to-do man, felt like he was a good guy. He needed to see this and understand it. And I do too. He has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified. Here, we, we, hit, we hit the stuff, the whole thing, the mercy, the justification, that being justified, don't try to justify yourself. How are you gonna get justified? Justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of what? Eternal life, what was the man looking for? Well, uh, man, if, 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 if Titus had been written that day, he could have just sent him to Titus, couldn't he? Because there it is. There's the mercy of God and the justification and the eternal life. It's all in him. It's all in him. I've, I preached the Samaritan many times in different ways. First time I ever did it like this. That the main thing here, which, listen, Jesus tells him when he answers that, says, well, I guess it's the man that showed him mercy. He says, you're right. Now you go and do likewise. <clears throat> Christian people, we need to show mercy. Did y'all know that? Why do we need to show mercy? Because we have been shown such mercy. We've been shown such mercy. 
Yes. So if you look at it as a teaching on how you should treat your fellow man and things you should do, that's good. Okay? Go and do likewise. Christians should live. They should be merciful people like that Samaritan was to that man. Christian people should be merciful people to those out there that are hurting and lost and suffering and wounded and dying. We should be merciful people. But there was a whole lot deeper than just you need to live like this. The lost person needs to realize through this story they're the one in the ditch. And the Samaritan is Jesus. Not by, uh, and then First Peter, First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his uh, abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. Jesus had I inherit eternal life. Here's your inheritance. <laughs> Here's your inheritance. To an inheritance that's incorruptible. That means it ain't gonna never, it's not gonna dissolve, it's not gonna rot, it's not gonna go away. It's incorruptible, it's undefiled, and it fadeth not away. It is reserved for you in heaven. Whoo, I've not I've nailed that one down. Hey, I know what I know that I'm going to inherit eternal life. As a matter of fact, it is already reserved for me in heaven. Isn't that good? Amen, and, it, and, it, and it's not about me. You can look at me and say, well, you know, you ain't all that good a fellow. Well, you, you're, you hit it dead on the head. I need a Savior. But I, I tell you what, I might not be a, a very good fellow, but I got a wonderful Savior. I got a wonderful Savior. I can tell you that. No, I'm, I'm not much of my, my, my own self, but I can certainly brag on him. That's what he's done for me. Give me that. It's reserved for me in heaven who are kept. I, the reason I know it's, that I'm there, because I'm kept by something. I ain't keeping myself. I'm kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Tony, you can ease it up. <clears throat> this is great. The mercy, a God of mercy. That's, who I, that's what I'm talking about. That's who I serve. That's what, that's what I, I, would, I would tell any body around me that, that, that would want to know about if they ever asked me the question about eternal life. I think I can, I think I can, I can get them, I can put them on the right path. I can't give it to them. They got to make that choice themselves. But I can tell you the truth. Folks, do you realize that's the reason that you really need to know the truth? Because if you don't really know the truth, you can't give nobody the truth. You need to know the truth. You need to know Jesus. And why? Verse 21 in the book of Jude. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Mm-mm-mm. His grace and mercy, yeah. And I close with this, because I mentioned that Jesus said go and do likewise. But in Micah, Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he has showed thee, O oh man, what is good. That man's wanting to know what to do. What, he said, here, and, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy. Y'all love mercy? I love mercy. I love the fact that God poured his mercy out 
on me. I've, I love the fact that God's mercy is available, but I also should love mercy enough to show others mercy. That's what it's required. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. The question is, is he your God? Is this God I'm talking about, is he your God? Or are you still trying to be good enough? And if anybody makes it, I feel like I will. That just makes my heart sink to think that there's a multitude of people that lives thinking just like that. Who needs to be like this lawyer to see they're, they're in the ditch, half dead, and they need the good Samaritan. Hmm, isn't that good? I know that good Samaritan. What's his name? I couldn't hear you. Jesus. Jesus. That's him. Go and do thou likewise. Let's stand. Stand if you will. It's just the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight, if the Spirit of God has touched your heart, you may want to come to the altar. You're welcome to come and pray. But if you're here and you want to know more about this, you come let me, just come let me know. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly will. We'll sit down and Go over it with you because I want you to know and see and understand. What I, what I read here is God's Word, and it's true. And the most important, priority number one, is where do you stand on this eternal life question? Where do you stand? Do you know that you know that I have a place that's reserved in heaven, and I'm kept by the power of God?